Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast for round 16, Teamless. I'm here with Moon. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Getting around the blues this week. Yeah, absolutely. How good was that game? Oh, so good. Loved to see it. <laughs> oh, I mean, we were predicting it last week that it was going to be the Blues by a million, but I didn't expect a, a 26 to nothing score. Um, yeah, look, I said I said Blues by eight. It's very humble. So, um, yeah, I'm <laughs> very happy. <laughs> oh, I also said Brian Toto for a hat-trick. That didn't happen. So, I, I mean, I'm still happy, though. <laughs> no, it's a cracking game all around. By the Blues, that is. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, let's come back to reality with our actual NRL games this week. So back to NRL, NRL Fantasy um, talk this week. So the first game we have is on Thursday night where the Roosters take on the Storm. Um, actually playing in Newcastle, I guess, with all the all the issues around uh, COVID at the moment. Moved the game out of, uh, out of Sydney, which I guess was the right move. Uh, for the Roosters, Sam Walker returns at halfback after uh, resting for two weeks, that shoulder injury that he had, which sees Lachlan Lamb shift to 5-8. Joey Manu back to the centres, and Suwali just drops out of the squad as well. Uh, Tupanua is also back with Fletcher Baker going back to the bench, and Teddy and Crichton are backing up as well from their origin stint last week. For the Storm, we have Bromwich returning from his elbow injury, and he'll be partnering Christian Welch, who's backing up as well from Origin. Uh, Tui Kamikamika dropping back to the bench uh, with, uh, and yeah, sorry, Sofa Solomon are out suspended. Uh, Harry Grant's also out still with that hamstring injury that he sustained uh, at Queensland camp, and his spot is taken by Aaron Booth on the bench. Um, Tom Eisenhuth has also been sidelined with an elbow injury, uh, and. Storm are welcoming back Kenny Bromwich to take his spot on the edge. Uh, how do you see this one, Moon? Yeah, look, I think it's going to be a cracking game, to be fair. Um, you know, I'm going to talk about this Storm, boys, but um, I think that, you know, with someone like Cameron Munster, who's come off such a poor performance in Origin, I reckon he's going to chuck a DCE here and come out absolutely fire in this game. I reckon he's going to be red hot. I've got a point to prove that he's, that he's still a, a, a gun player, so I wouldn't be surprised if he goes big here. But otherwise, look, for the Storm... Uh, someone like Nico Hines, um, you know, he's got a high break even this week, um, coming out to a buy around little puppy. I read today from, I think, Anna Physio said that he was looking at around 18 return now rather than around 20, um, which is great news, but means you need to start looking at exit plan for Nico Hines. Um, so that's just one thing to keep an eye on. Otherwise, look, it's much for much as for the rest of them. Brandon Smith likely to play uh, uh, close to 80 anyway, um, now that Harry Grant's out for the next few weeks. Um, and the other one I wanted to say was Jerome Hughes. Um, look, we've got, we talk about him a lot being a weapon, but he's been averaging like 75. He's got a five round average of something ridiculous. And let me have a look. Um, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, last three uh, average 79. There you go. 79. So I don't know. I always thought he was good, but didn't realize just how, how much of a weapon he is. He's owned by 11.4% of people. So look, a fair few, but probably not enough for the way he's playing. Um, and where he's scoring. So that's, you know, not not a really big point of difference, but still somewhat of a point of difference, I think. Um, you know, so, sort of flown under the radar a little bit. Do you think that'll um, change now that Munster's back in the squad, I guess, for the rest of the season? Or how do you see him going for the run home? No, I think he's going to keep going like this. I mean, Munster's been... He's, to be fair, Jerome Hughes has scored a lot of tries in the last few weeks. Um, yeah. But Cameron Munster has been in the squad the last what few time, few weeks, I think. Um, and Hughes has still produced these huge scores. Um, I mean, let's just have a look here for Jerome Hughes. The last was 82, 76, 81, 57, 67, 78. Jesus, 73, 78, 
85. Yeah. They're pretty big and scores. He scored tries in all of them, but one, two, three. One, two, three games, to be fair. So, look, he's boosted by attacking stats, but when the Storm are playing so well and they're putting 50-plus on teams in like the first half, um, it's hard to look past him, to be fair, and could keep scoring tries. So, um, yeah, he's just so good. Jerome Hughes. Um, yeah. Would you would you pick him up now? I guess round 16 is a bit of a tough one because you're putting a lot of cash into a player that's not going to play round 17, but would definitely be good for run home. Yeah, uh, no, not necessarily someone that I'd be picking up now. He's just someone that I'm looking at. Uh, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm looking at trade-out targets um, from, Nico Hi- from Nico Hines when he's eventually out. Um, and if I don't need a wing of fullback replacement, which I seem to have a surplus of wing of fullback. So... Um, Jerome, if I've got a little bit of cash in the bank, then Jerome Hughes is someone I can certainly target. Um, you know, halves seem to be the new the new hookers this this year. Um, you know, previously it was known that hookers score the best in fantasy, but you know, with the rarity of an eighty minute hooker, your half seems to be the next best thing where they're getting those those big you know sixty minimum sort of scores, um, yeah. like your hookers of old. So they're sort of the players I'd be um, targeting. Um, I think for the next next few weeks. So Jerome Hughes is someone that has sort of just wowed me a lot um, and stood out above the the usual pack of Nathan Cleary, etc. Yeah, I think it's it's a hard decision to make. It's either him or DCE, and if you can get both, that's nice. But a lot of people don't really have um, either of those guys, so they're kind of the premium half targets outside of your Cleary, probably. Uh, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. I'm hoping to go one of those boys uh, around, <laughs> around 18. It'd be nice. Hopefully. They're a luxury, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you got any other ones from the Storm there? No, nah, look, much from muchness all around, I think. Uh, Justin Ollum's been a little bit up and down from his red-hot start to the year, so um, he's someone to be wary of if you're still owned, uh, owning him. He's in... Um, I was a little unprepared for Justin Ollum, to be fair. But 12.7. He's had a lot of teams. Only 383k, yeah. to be fair, but... You know, he's lost a heap of cash over the last few weeks. Uh, ever since that single-digit score where him and Josh oh. Adekar got no ball, um, he's been a lot less impressive. So maybe he's someone, you know, you can trade out before he loses more cash. Um, otherwise, if you think the Storm are going to continue to be red hot or more ball when Papi comes back, then Justin Ollum, you know, you may as well hold him, I guess. Yeah, he's a tough, tough old hold, Justin yeah. Ollum. Um, you just got to kind of roll with the punches with him, but he does produce that really good score every now and then. But maybe you're looking for someone a bit more consistent, like a bird or a bird. But yeah, you can. I yeah. think you can wait till after round 17, or for the round 17 trade, he might be a good option. Yep, I agree. Otherwise, talk me through the roosters. Yeah, look, I, I, there's not too many targets here in the roosters that we haven't really talked about all season. You know, outside the likes of Crichton and Teddy, you know, backing up from Origin, of course, there's not really much to look at in this roosters team. Joey Manu's been up and down, you know, but generally his big scores come when he's at fullback or when the roosters are putting tons of points on teams. He's not really, he's more of a support player, I'd say, than the, like the superstar in this team. So unless he's, you know, all the main guns are out like over Origin, he doesn't really score that well. Walker coming back into the team is probably going to hurt Lamb scoring a little bit. If you had him, uh, he was scoring quite well without Walker in the team. But I think over the next couple of weeks, uh, Lamb's scores are going to come down a little bit. Not a lot, but he wasn't exactly scoring out of this world either. I don't think there's really many others from this team I'd look at uh, for the run home. Tupanua had a really good start to the year, but has fallen off with those injuries that he sustained. So I'd say that's pretty much it for the Roosters. There's not really much to look at in this squad. Verils, what do you, what do you think about him? Uh, while he's priced 
it's ridiculously cheaply. I don't think he's getting heaps of minutes. And last week he was named to start. Oh, yeah, last week he was named to start. Uh, and Adam Kieran actually started nine because they didn't actually have a they didn't have a first choice kicker available. So Adam Kieran yeah. did all did all of that. So it depends what sort of minutes Takiyaho gets as well, I guess, because otherwise they won't have it. <laughs> James Tedesco will be their kicker, and they're not going to be kicking any goals if they. Oh, actually Sam Walker, that's all right. Yeah. Um, so look, I don't know. I don't don't know if that rotation now changes whether where Verrills will now get more minutes than what Kieran will because they've got a, a kicker in the team. Um, I don't know a little unsure. I'll be waiting, wait and see um, for Sam Verrills. I think. Um, yeah, he needs good a good cash out option, I guess, yeah. if he's going to get decent minutes. That's what I was going to say. So he needs minutes to be a decent player. Like he needs at least sixty to eighty minutes a game to actually score good scores and you know make some price rises. He's already at, <clears throat> excuse me, two hundred and sixty k already. See, he's got one game where he played against the Knights. He got 50 minutes and, you know, made a lot of tackles, no real meters, and only scored 29 points. So unless he gets a couple of attacking stats, he's generally not scoring hugely either. So he's he's one of those players that's very difficult to pick up, especially when you've got, you know, Drew Hutchinson and Adam Kieran hanging around on the bench as well that are taking minutes off him. And they're generally sharing them pretty evenly. So he's a bit of a difficult one. But like you said, good cash-out option because he has the potential to go good, but I wouldn't see him, you know, making tons of cash and being um, that player that you rely on to get good scores uh, on the bench if you need him here and there. So yeah, that's, uh, that's probably all I've got on him. Yeah, I agree. Beautiful. Anything else you want to touch on from that game? No, nah, otherwise let's move on. Chad, we have still not a buy. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll agree with you there. <laughs> Good anyway, moving on to the uh, Friday games. The first of the games at 6 o'clock sees the Warriors take on the Dragons. Uh, Warriors, uh, very interesting squad with a few names uh, coming into this team recently signed. Dal Martinez, Lesniak and Chad Townsend straight into the squad on the wing and halves respectively. Tulvasashek moves to fullback with Walsh out injured. Kane Evans as well moving into the front row. Um, and that's really... Oh, Bailey Siren and, and uh, Ewan Aiken are, are both out as well with that uh, case of COVID that was on a flight uh, for the flight attendant that was um, serving them. So they're going to be out. Uh, and Tohu Harris shifts to lock to cover for that. And Eliasa Katoa as well moves to an edge to replace them. Uh, Wade Egan as well is also back at number nine with Tavanga moving back to the bench. For the Dragons, Dufty's back into the squad, which sees Ramsey move back to a wing. Jack Bird also moves back into the centers uh, with Josh Kerr moving to an edge. Tarek Sims backs up as well, and he's moved uh, to an edge as well. Uh, same with uh, Andrew McCulloch and Ben Hunt. They're both backing up from Origin as well. Josh McGuire's moved back into the squad, and JDB is actually getting a start at lock this week for the Dragons as well. And Fuimaiono joins the bench. Lockie. Uh, do you think any of these players are actual fantasy options for the run home? Of either team? Either team. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, so, you know, the usual likes of um, Ben Hunt, I know we've talked about him. I think that he can be a legit option. Uh, he's sort of player who's going to be hit and miss, I think. Um, but when he hits, he seems to go big. So, I don't know, it depends what sort of Corey Norman's doing as well. But Ben Hunt could be a potential option. Andrew McCulloch, I still like. Um, Yuck. No, I really like it. No, I saw, I think, um, NRL Fantasy put up a thing on their Instagram saying that with like the top 10 point scorers for this year or something along those lines. And like Andrew McCulloch is in that. Yeah, overall. Andrew McCulloch is in that top 10. So 
can't argue with the stats, Daniel. Jeez. Yeah, I guess that's the, he's played every game, really. That's the thing, right? If, if he plays every game, minute hooker. yeah. Basically. No one threatening to take um take minutes off him. The other option we've been talking about and looking at over the last few weeks is Jack DeBell getting a starting role. Oh, look, the the big issue with him is this bench. They've got four forwards on the bench, um, and Jack DeBell needs sixty minutes plus to score well uh, and get around some attacking sets. Last week he played. Oh, just shy of 60 minutes, I reckon. I think he got a 45. Um, that was purely pretty much base stats. So um, I think that once he sort of really gets into his groove, you know, defensively as well in particular, he's going to um, thrive a little bit more. So he's only dropping in cash. So he's someone that I'm certainly keeping an eye out and is kind of going to become like a cash-out option in the mid-400s, you know, high-400s, I think, once he finds his groove for the last few rounds and will be a red-hot point of difference. So... Don't mind that as an option. Um, yeah, still waiting for him to put a decent performance together. Like defensive-wise, he looks like he's struggled a bit. Yeah, he's making um, decent meters through the middle, but he hasn't yeah. looked like he used to look on the park um, through the middle. Like he was always a force um, for the Dragons when he was playing big minutes for them. So it'd be interesting to see how Maguire being back also affects his minutes. That's really the main. I think Maguire goes through the front row, if I'm honest. Him and Alvaro, Fua oh, Mayono okay. plays, I reckon, plays like 20 minutes at lock and Billy Burns takes minutes of Josh Kerr. I reckon those are the rotations, if I'm honest. Josh McGuire through the front row was good. Just a tackle machine. He doesn't offer anything in attack anyway, so just play him as a prop. Daniel Alvarez is exactly the same. Actually, Daniel Alvarez is a speed machine. Get him anywhere, literally. Um, <laughs> no, nah, so that's where I reckon those two play. Fumayono, I don't know. Look, he seems to be missed to fix it, so if they have issues at centre um, as well, you know, he seems to f- can fit in there. Um yeah. I think yeah, that's sort of role he'll play, but I don't think he'll play heaps of minutes. You know, maybe maybe he'll play thirty or something like that, and Jack DeBellin plays fifty. But Billy Burns and Josh Kerr, I think, share minutes. I think Tarek Sims keeps playing eighty; he's been too good this year to take minutes off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, otherwise, Jack Bird keeper center. Otherwise, no one else here. I'd be really, um, I'd be really looking at it all. Yeah, there's really uh, like I'm about to talk about the Warriors, but outside of one player for them, there's no one I'd really. Uh, want to have as a keeper in my team. And the reason I said that before is because we've talked about all these like keeper options in these teams numerously over mm. the last um, couple of weeks. And like they've, they've always got really big scores in them, but they've also got like those average scores, like your Ben Hunts. They've always like Ben Hunt, McCulloch does it as well every now and then. Jack Bird even does it every now and then uh, when he's in center, of course, from second row, he was sold as a rock, yeah. which was good. But um, yeah, there's not really many huge options that I'd consistently consistently rely on outside of Tohu Harris, which um, going to this Warriors team is really the only one that I see as a, a consistent option here. Chad Townsend coming in is interesting, but I don't see him doing too much. He generally struggles when he's got another half that takes any sort of stats off him in terms of kicking or playmaking or anything really. So I think mm. Cody Nicarima and Chad Townsend, they're both doomed to probably be scoring around the 40 mark probably for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, and I Which don't is... see... Sorry, yeah. I was going to say, it's such a shame for Cody Nicarima, the way he was scoring just before. So um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, sorry, keep going. Yeah, that's that's really all I was going to say. I know we've been talking recently, Adam Fiddle-Blake coming back from injury, but he's really got to prove himself still. Like, he's still struggling a bit um, in terms of his form. So, I mean, he's only just come back from injury, so give him a few weeks. He might come good, you know, around... Yeah, that's 18, the man I actually, want to, I actually want to talk about, Adam Fiddle-Blake. I've, yeah, just been, I've been watching him for the last few weeks since he's come back from 
from injury. And while he's not performing the best at the moment, I'm kind of loving it. So he, before he was injured for the first three rounds of the year, he got scores of 63, 43, 57, one try in that score of 57. And all of in 56, 48 and 53 minutes, a big minutes, right? And then that game against the Roosters, he was in, he got 18 from 13 minutes, then got injured. So you can't really blame him for that. And ever since then, he's been losing cash. He's come back and played 15, 57 minutes for a score of 27 and 39 in two games that the Warriors lost by a fair bit. Um, and he's had sort of a few demerits. But I think once he finds his groove again, back to the start of the year, he's going to score well, you know, around that 50 around that 50 sort of average. Um, he lost 42K last week. He's bra- his break-even, you can probably tell me, this must be through the roof. I think he's going to get around to the mid-400s as well. But, like, you know, yeah. this is going to be sort of not in the next couple of weeks. This is someone I'm looking for, like, the last few games where you need point of difference players to jump those last few rankings that, um, that you want. So I think he's someone that I'd look at, you know, yeah. to yeah, not a bad shout. break things open. I yeah, so he's, he's owned by about 2% of teams, break-even of 65 yep. and dropping cash pretty quickly. He yeah. he gets most of his points from tackle busts and meters just because he's a wrecking ball through the middle for the Warriors for those first few rounds. You just need him to get minutes, which he's been getting, but obviously his form has been a bit lacking, but that's, you know, fair enough coming back from injury. So, yeah, you might be right. Look at those round 19, think, 20, 21, and he might be a I decent think the option. I the biggest thing from him is his run meters, right? So round 14 and 15, he's at 81 and 111 run meters, whereas 1, 2, 3, where he has the Titans, the Knights, and the Raiders, 2, 144 and 175 meters. Yeah, So exactly. that's huge. That's an extra 10 points straight up in meters. And then, you know, he's had a few tackle busts. Bus, um, start of the year, 5, 3, 5, 1, and 3. So 15, 3, and 9 points in those three games. And then since he's come back, he's had... Uh, one, one against the Storm and then yeah. none against the Knights, which is sort of a tough game in the rain, so I can't really blame him for that. Um, average about 25 tackles. Look, I really like what I'm seeing from him. Um, heap of offloads. You can usually, you know, at the start of the year, he's got his offloads up a little bit. You know, had a couple since he's been back, but not near the two or three that he's usually good for. So, uh, no, I think he's someone that wants, you know, and with the new inclusions, that's kind of going to be a bit of an issue with um, someone like Chad Townsend just coming to this team. But once they find their groove a little bit, Adafinul Blank, you know, if he runs a line or something like that, he could come up with a few plays here. So I really like like that as an option for, you know, maybe two or three weeks in the future. Yeah, and comes in at a good price in those low 500s. So, yeah, I think look at, yes. looking around, you know, 18, 19, 20, the run home, just keep an eye on him when you're making your trades just in case he, you know, starts to get a bit of form. You probably want two rounds where he's, you know, got his meters up and he's got a couple tackle busts and then jump straight on him and he'll be at a good price most likely. Unless you need to jump a heap of places, then I don't mind it, even if you bring him in you know, a round early, one round of 50, and then I would jump jump all over that. Okay. Take the risk. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, like if you're not the top 1,000 or top, you know, actually, let's say you're not the top 1,000 and you need to jump into the top 1,000. The top 1,000 is so tight at the moment, and they've all got the exact same team. So you're going to need that point of difference player to jump the, you know, 500 rounds, you know, 500 places that you actually need. So, um, yeah, it's I like very, it. very hard to move up once you've in that top thousand. You've really got to have someone that's going to make the difference for your team that no one else has. So, anyone less than 5% ownership yeah. is ideal. I'm talking for my team, not yours here. I'm the top thousand, too, obviously. <laughs> you made me think about my own team, though, which is, uh, you know, 
the, the last time I listened to you, though, I picked up Nathan Brown for round one, and that didn't turn out so well. So we'll, hey, we'll see what the, happens. <laughs> all the stats was pointing to him being a weapon. And you know what? I was wrong. Yeah, you're going to have to take <laughs> that one on the chin, Lockie. I'm sorry, mate. I'm yeah, going to bring no, it up every to, time. <laughs> happy to cop that one. That's fine. Anyway, moving on to the uh, last game on the Friday night, sees the Panthers take on Parramatta, and just quietly, this is probably going to be the game of the round. Uh, no Cleary for the Panthers, uh, but everyone else is basically baking, uh, backing up from origin for the Panthers team. Uh, Dylan Edwards is out, though, which sees Charlie Staines move to fullback and Brent Naden come onto the wing to replace him. Um, same team, basically, uh, through the 1-13 to 13 with everyone back. Bill Kickow is also back on an edge. Uh, and, yeah, the same real players that we see normally in the Panthers team for the first 13-odd rounds are there. Uh, mm. That's basically it for Parramatta. 1-2-13. to 13. The only changes are on the bench. Uh, oh, actually, I lie. Mike Acevo comes back from his suspension with Sean Russell moving to the reserves. On the bench, Oregon conf- Oregon Kafusi and Bryce Cartwright are in the number 16 and 17 jersey. And Keegan Hipgrave and Nathaniel Roach, unfortunately, um, dropping out with a knee injury. Moon, how do you see this one? Look, I think fantasy, fantasy, oh, it's going to be a ripping game. I'm very much looking forward to seeing this, um, seeing how the Panthers players really step up with the absence of Nathan Cleary, big absence of Nathan Cleary. But look, I think in the case of both these teams, um, I'll, I'll talk about the Panthers, you talk about your boys, but it's going to be the case of much of a muchness from the usual guns. Um, I find it very interesting that Jerome Lewis moved to seven and Matt Burton to six. I wouldn't be surprised if they swap, but... Um, or maybe Matt Burton still does all the kicking from six, which in that case is just going to do his score in the world of good. But um, yeah, as I said, uh, the usual suspects, Stephen Crichton's going to be good. Toto, Matt Burton. Abby Corusau's looking like a yuck option with Mitch Kenny sitting on the bench. I hate that. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Yo's been pretty good the last few weeks. Actually, he's been hitting 50s from about 60 minutes, so that's red hot. Um, otherwise... James Fisher-Harris has been a surprisingly popular option in the top uh, for those top 1,000 teams. It's just been scanning just to have a look just to see how similar those teams are. And James Fisher-Harris seems to be in a lot of them. Don't really get it. Not really been cracking the 50 mark this year, so um, not one that I've been looking at. But, yeah, I suspect Matt Burton will uh, increase his scores than what he's been getting the last few weeks at centre, um, you know, doing all the work in the halves. So, yeah, look, again, case of the usual suspects, I think. Yeah, James Fisher-Harris is one of those players that I was pretty happy to see a lot of the teams in the top, you know, 500 have. He's He had a really good mid-season, um, I guess, in terms of how far we've come so far from, like, rounds, I think, 10 to 13 or something like that. He was scoring in the 60s, but that was accompanied by a couple of tries. So uh, yeah. since then, he's come down a bit, which is really nice to see, considering I don't have him. Um, but yeah. he's, yeah, he's one of those players that's probably not going to get huge scores unless he's got a lot of attacking stats. Uh, generally, he hovers around the, what, 50 average, I think we say. Uh, but yeah, if you want to get yeah. a premium option, you've probably got to upgrade him to someone like your, you know, your Crichtons, your Harris, your Fafitas, those kind of players around your mid and edge role. Yeah, he's just at that tempting price, like low 600s, I think. So mid yeah, 600s. Absolutely. Yeah. And he was one of those gun players. Before the rules changed, he was one of those big gun forwards, makes a lot of tackles, does a lot of work through the middle. But since the rules have changed, it's a bit faster. He's not doing as much or he's... I think he's not getting as many minutes. That's the main thing as he was before. He used to get 70 plus minutes a game and he would be brought off for like a short rest normally. Um, but 
yeah, since the rules have changed, I think his minutes have gone down just a little bit, and that's hurt him yeah. enough. See, the bloke I haven't talked enough about, talk about him every other week, Nathan Cleary, um, out for three to six at this stage. I don't know. Look, we're still waiting for scans uh, to come back. Um, and But the minute that, uh, that we hear what's going on, we'll put something out on um, social media for you all. But at this stage, um, that's what it's looking like, uh, depending on what he'll need surgery-wise. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, one to keep an eye on. We say social media, we mean the Instagram. It's all going up yes. on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, give us a follow if you like. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, so this para team, in contrast to the Panthers, there's not really much that's changed. In terms of fantasy, I think the main uh, talking points here are from uh, Isaiah Papali'i and Mitch Moses. Uh, Moses has had a couple of good scores recently, and I still see him as a good uh, player to have for the run home. He got 87 last game, and that was when he had that um, that uh, big uh, second half against the Bulldogs. So he's um, doing quite well when he has a lot of attacking stats and runs the ball a bit more. He also he generally gets a lot of kick me- meters, but I generally see his biggest scores coming when he actually runs the ball and takes on the line a bit more often. So hopefully he keeps that up over the last couple of rounds or the last... 10 or so rounds, however many we've got left and keeps his scores up. But generally he's, you know, averaging around the 55 to 60 mark. So still a very good option if you're holding on to him. And he's priced actually pretty well at the moment. He's 646k. He's he's pretty cheap for a for a half. So if you're pretty keen on him, he's, he's still a decent buy option as well if you don't have him yet. Only, I guess he's in 14% of teams, but still a good option in the halves. Uh, outside of that, Papali'i is the other one. I, I know you're still not keen on him. <laughs> Moon and we've talked about this so many times, but I, I, I kind of want to pick him up, but I kind of don't. Like I'm, I'm looking for an out option for TPJ because I think TPJ is probably going to be a sell uh, this round. But who do you go to that's like at the same price point um, as TPJ? You know, six fifty that is scoring well and Papali. He looks like the logical choice, right? Uh, oh, geez, you've asked a big question. Six fifty k. He's seven hundred and fifteen publicly, but like, oh, you know, you know what? If I... <laughs> in the price range, close enough. If you go and point a difference, Milwaukee Fodawaka. Bang! Ooh, well, here we go. Why Fodawaka? He's a weapon. I don't need to say anything more, do I? No, look, <laughs> he's. Oh, let me just go back to his last few games. Oh, last three games: sixty minutes, seventy-one minutes, forty-two minutes. He's got scores of ninety-four, seventy. 70 and 35 bit rough there with the 35 but if he gets decent minutes like anything above 50 he's scoring he's yeah you looked at his last previous (laughs) score so the last one the last game there but no he's going yeah exactly he's going big he's so inconsistent for the way that's with that's with a lot of demerits as well that game of 70 he's got four missed tackles that game against manly what's he got negative four six that's negative yeah, six points. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I really like him as a point of difference option. But, you know, I'll talk about him when we come to the Titans. I don't know. Look, as I probably, yeah, he's the second overall top point scorer. Um, and we've been up and ahhing about him for 16 <laughs> rounds. So I suppose it's probably safe to say that, yeah, he's going to be a fantasy gun this year. Uh, he is a fantasy gun, not even going to be. Um, and, yeah, get him in if you can. Um He's good for a, a lot of 70s and then maybe the occasional 30. It's not even, you know, 170 to 130. It's like five or six 70s and then a 30 or something like that. So, um, yeah, I think he's a good option. 
Yeah, much more much more positives than negatives for Pupley. Even with Madison back, the last couple of weeks, Maddo's only been managed uh, managed about 60 minutes a game, and it looks like he's the one that's been dragged a, a bit more than uh, Pupley. But I think it's dependent on how they're just playing in the game. Uh, it depends yeah. on which player comes off early and which player plays basically 80. So, yeah, I think Pupley is probably a good option. He's going to provide a lot more spark for Parramatta, which they're going to need coming into the last couple of rounds, so that he's probably going to stay on the field more often than not uh, compared to Maddo. So Pupley, he still a gun. Still get him in if you can. He's definitely come down in price. I think he got he peaked at uh, like 850 or something like that at one yeah, point. Something that like was, that. Yeah, that was when Maddo was still out. So he's still got um, – he's still, you know, uh, can score up to – you know, being an 855k player, which is, I think, if you're that price, you're around this. Oh, he just got on a roll average. like a Jaden yeah. Braley, where he was just scoring consistently well for that long. The hips price rise just kept getting bigger and bigger. So, yeah, look, yeah. he's a good player. You can get him in if you can. Absolutely, still a good option and still worth a buy. And his break even is only 46 this week, so he'll definitely beat that. And yeah, at 715k for a, for a keeper, you. You're going to get what you pay for this week. So I think he's a very good option, even though he doesn't play around 17, still a very good option and a good trade out for, you know, those kind of players in mid and edge that are probably not going to be there for the run home, like your TPJ or something like that. Yeah, I agree. Outside of that, probably not much else in this para team, unless you've got someone you want to talk about. Um, no, look, not really. Uh, much from muchness, Tom Objects a trade out. He's only about 6% of people still. Yeah. And Gutho is... Um, point of difference gun um that's about it really yeah don't want to talk about wong and blake this week no i'm sick of talking about him still sucks <laughs> <laughs> look he, he made a bit of cash but um yeah not with a good score got 22 and made like 10k or something like that but yeah. i got excited after his first few games where he was like oh you know what this this kid could be relevant no i was wrong <laughs> yeah so so very wrong <laughs> anyway moving to the first of the saturday games sees the bulldogs take on manly at bank west bulldogs have a huge list of changes which Look, they're not going to be hugely fantasy relevant, but I'll go through them anyway. So Corey Allen returns on the wing for his first game in a while. Uh, and there's also a new debutant in Falakiko Manu in the centers. And Kyle Flanagan returns at 5-8 with Brendan Wakem out uh, because there's been a, a decent breach uh, for the Bulldogs here. I think a few of their players uh, went to a hotel for lunch or something on a weekend. Yeah, not good. Not good yeah. at all for Trent Barrett. Uh, Adam Elliott is sidelined with his cheekbone injury, which sees Jackson Tapine come back into the side and an, on an edge. Uh, as I said before, Dylan Napper, Brendan Wakem, Aaron Shoup, and Corey Wood, oh, Corey Woodell and Sione Katoa are out because of that COVID breach on the weekend. Uh, two debutants as well on the bench sees Bailey Biondi, Oddo, and Christopher Patolo um, make their debut. And Joe Stimson as well gets a recall. Love that. Uh, for Manly, oh boy. yeah, absolutely, Pods boy, um, outside of Connor Watson, of course. Uh, yeah. For Manly, Trebojevic and DC are back up, and their team is unchanged. Mm. That's a lot easier. Love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Moon, take us oh, through. Boy, where to start? Look, a little bit boring. I'll talk about the dogs. I because only because I've just spent the last five minutes trying to figure out what on earth has happened to Nick Chotridge. Um I didn't realize he wasn't in this team the first time I combed oh, over yeah. it. Um, it hasn't, can't say whether it's been He copped a HIA last game, but that was, hang on, how long has it been? Two weeks now. Um, 
doesn't say whether it's been dropped, whether it was in one of these COVID incidents. Look, no idea what the go is there. Um, so that's just wild to me. But otherwise, look, um, where, to, where to start? Nick Menon's looking like he's probably going to keep this fullback spot for the rest of the year, um, which is interesting. Look, probably not really a fantasy option. But deep, um, deep draft leagues makes it very tempting if he's an RFA. Um, otherwise, look, Jake Avrilo seems to be a keeper centre. Some concern with Kyle Flanagan back taking kick meters and goal kicking um, off him. Um, but we'll see how that goes. They could very easily just hoof Flanagan if he um, has a bad one. They don't seem to be too scared to do that. Um, look, otherwise, there's probably three other potentially relevant fantasy players on this team. Jerry Marshall King is someone you've been big on. Um, young young hooker on the on the bench here. Don't know how many minutes he's going to get. Let's be real. They could get flogged and they could just take Jeremy Marshall King off. Um been pretty good the last few weeks, so and he has played with the bench hooker the last few weeks. So seems to be a good um good option for the buy round. Um I'm thinking Luke Thompson and Josh Jackson, the other two obvious ones we've harped on about them for the last month. Um so I won't talk in depth about them as as usual, but yeah, they've been guns. Luke Thompson um, got some feedback on the socials that Luke Thompson didn't score so well. What are you doing bringing him in now? Um, yeah, copped a simp in and 10 minutes off the field was looking looking on for a big score, 60 plus. So still going to be a red-hot option and um, he's pretty cheap. So around the six oh, mid to low 600s, same with Josh Jackson. So both good options for the... Um, for the buy round. Otherwise, that's about it really for this um, this Bulldogs team, I think. Yeah, so I guess what do you think about uh, Joe Stimson? No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, that basically <laughs> from the, Get the him Bulldogs in. <laughs> I think, although touching back on it, Jeremy Marshall King, I still think is a red hot option um, for the buy round and then for probably the run home. It just depends. You know, that, that Bulldogs um, 14 jersey, the most around that is the bench hooker. Uh, it's it's Highly dependent on who gets poor onto the bench. Then take minutes off um, JMK. So if they get a bit, uh, and if they take minutes off him, uh, that's got to be the big question. But I think he's still, you know, if he gets seventy to eighty minutes a game, he's still going to make um, a decent amount of cash, and you know, still get scores in the 50s, 60s. So I think he's a decent option since he's back from injury and playing a really good defensive role in the middle there for the Dogs. Uh, and to this Manly team, look, uh, I don't see how they don't put 50 on the dogs here, um, unless Turbo's tired from origin. Uh, I think he's, you know, going to put an absolute route in, on the Bulldogs and definitely a good captaincy option this week. Same as DCE. Uh, I think Turbo yeah. was hobbling along with a bit of a foot injury, so I wouldn't be surprised if they take him off and they oh, rest yeah. him a little bit. Um, he, I don't know if you saw the tackle, but it's kind of it was like it was a mid-foot injury. Um, where he, yeah, was he kind of shut behind. it back yeah. Yeah, on himself. It was a little funny, and I was very worried that it was a hammy before I'd seen the replays. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it's been one of those games where the Eagles, the Seagulls win by so much that they'd take him off with 20 minutes to go, and Dylan Walker plays fullback. Yeah, that, that's definitely a possibility, and I think, yeah, they're going to be well ahead in this game, so likely that he's going to get rested, and probably DC as well. I could see him getting a bit of a rest. And yeah, oh, I don't think they will. DC hasn't done anything, so um, why would you rest him? <laughs> Good point. Might be a bit battered and bruised to make him any tackles. Um, yeah, any more on this game? I think that's pretty much it. Um, look, at someone else who, like AFB, I've had my eye on for a little while now, Marty the Man. Um, price in the mid 600s. Look, look, <laughs> you've been saying it every week. 
Have I? Come on. He's got to actually put on some co- some actual good scores. Yeah, you and Tapao and 3% of people, I have a love, no hate relationship, just a love relationship with Marty the Man. Um, I don't know. His scoring has been consistent between 40. Oh, he got a 42 last week in a game where what they played the Titans, and I don't remember what the outcome of that was. Oh, yeah, man, they won by a lot. So it wasn't yeah, a whole lot yeah. done through the middle. It wasn't a whole lot done through the middle. So I don't really take any account of that score, but he's getting mid-50s minutes. He's been scoring between low 50s to mid-50s to 60s um, without a whole lot of attacking stats. Um, you know, a couple of tackle breaks here and there. Um, you know, still a few missed tackles and a few errors and that sort of jazz. Um, that game against the Knights, he got a 52 with... Oh my God, there's like 20 points in demerits here. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, he's someone that I'm absolutely thinking is uh, he's owned by three percent of people, so I like that as an option. Um, uh, by the man, Red Hot, I think. Yeah, look, there's a reason you're outside the top thousand, so yeah, I, I don't oh, get really off your high horse, mate. Get <laughs> off your high horse. Here. You, you on to power, like, I don't get it. I, I honestly don't get it. He used to be really good getting lots of tackle buffs through the middle, but you know, he still is really he, good. <laughs> he's, he's good, but he's not as fantasy relevant as he used to be, so. There's so many better mids out there. There's so many better mids. I'd prefer I'm AFB. I'm not saying you're Powell, wrong, though. but you're wrong. <laughs> okay, sure. We'll go with that. He's he's very he's very attacking stats um, focused though to power usually. So yeah, so if you want to take a risk, go go for it then to power. That's fine. averaging like 30 tackles a game uh, and averaging like 200 meters uh, between 160 and 200. It's ridiculous. He's good. No, don't say it. Sorry. <laughs> right, I will agree to disagree. That's fine. <laughs> I've got to ignore your feelings in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on. I think the best thing to do is move on. <laughs> Wait, moving on to Raiders and Titans. Let's get out of that mess. Um, yeah. Raiders have a, a bunch of uh, positive changes, I think, and Titans are looking pretty much um, back to their usual team. For the Raiders, Jared Croker's back into centres, back from his, I think it was a shoulder injury that he's had for a while. Um, yeah. And rookie uh, Matt Tomoko has shifted back to the extended bench. Ryan Sutton has been named at lock with Soliola moving back to the bench as well. Uh, that's about it for the... Oh, and Josh Papali and Jack White are backing up from Origins. That's about it for the Raiders. For the Titans, all the Origin players are backing up with Fodawaka, David Fafida, Tino joining the team. Corey Thompson's back on the wing as well. And Brimson back at fullback, dropping Jaden Campbell back to the reserves. Uh, how do you see this one, Moon? I think... Um, the the Raiders are looking a bit better, but I still think the Titans are just they might just be too good from here in Canberra. <laughs> no, well, no, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> no, I think it's gonna be a good game. Um, the Raiders are gonna get the chalkies here, surely. Um, the big thing for me is that we I brought in and I know you did as well, Tomoko a couple of weeks ago had a ripping uh, debut game, scored a sixty eight fantasy wise, had a pretty good second game, and then out of nowhere, Jared Croker comes back and he's been dropped, so that hurts a lot. Um, Currently sitting at 18th man, um, so that's interesting. We'll talk. We'll touch on that a little bit later in our buy hold yeah. sells, um, I think. But look, other than that, um, fantasy relevant players. There's a bit of a, a lack of them in this Raiders team. Josh Papali, uh, potential point of difference. The way he's been playing, pretty you know he's been playing pretty well. So um, you know, but again, big potential 
um, and Corey Harrow and I is. Hey. Sorry, I was just saying, uh, Josh Papali struggles with consistency, and I think that's just the Raiders' season this year, just that consistency. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah. generally, he's a gun, right? He's he's normally a go-to, um, yeah, safe option. Yeah, you kind of built one of those players. You build your team around, um, you know, consistent fifties, fifty-fives. But this year, it's bit, you know, kind of range between forty, mid forties to sixty. So you never really know what we're going to get against someone. You kind of have to take the punt on and um, pay a premium for. I think. Um, other than that, Corey Howard and I is a keeper center and proven option. Center. Um, ah, wow. Edge. (laughs) The other, (laughs) the other tricky position. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably about it from this Raiders team. Bailey Simonson, you know, not a bring in kind of a hold, I guess. Um, you know, had a mid thirties ish game, I think last week from memory. Um, so, you know, it's kind of good to see, might get a few price rises, but other than that, look about it from the Raiders, unfortunately. Yeah, probably wouldn't go him. I was he was actually a decent option to go uh, last week when he was named there, and probably going to be there for the rest of the season. But he's he had a buy, really good hold game. if you have him. Yeah, he had that really good game against the Broncos, and honestly thought, yeah, you kind of almost must have to get him in. But yeah, he's he came back to what he normally would probably score around is that mid thirties to forties probably uh, average yep. for the rest of the season. Anyway, for this Titans team, uh, there's a few few players here that you kind of kind of have to have for the run home, right? So the likes of David Fafita and Tyron Peachy are both excellent options in their field. So Fafita on an edge, kind of a must-have. Uh, he can put on a hat-trick out of nowhere, as we've seen twice this season, surprisingly. And Tyron Peachy playing that middle forward role and you know as a center in fantasy he's going to be getting lots of base stats and when he has those big games where you know gets a few tackle busts few line breaks he's going to go even better so he's also another keeper option you kind of have to have for the run home so definitely if you don't have either of those two either off for um the next couple of weeks and well, probably after round 17 because the titans aren't playing um but definitely keep an eye on them after that uh, Brimson, I, I've had a few people ask about Brimson. What do you think? I don't think he's probably a good point of difference option for the run home, but he, he has previously, you know, been a very good winger fullback, did start the year very, um, tough for him, but yeah. What do you think about him for the run? Home? Yeah, don't love it. Um, not really improved his scoring whatsoever. So, um, uh, I'm probably going to, and he's broken my heart already this year, so I'm not on the Brimo train <laughs> at all, if he, uh, unfortunately, as much as I love Brimo. Yeah, so the, the thing is, if he puts together like a couple of good scores, like if he scores a like a 50 with like no tries or something like that, and then another 50 with tries or something, would you consider them? Or how do you how do you think, would you consider it Brimson at all this season because of his uh, bad start? <laughs> I think we've had way too like. There's so many good winger fullbacks out there that, and I've got a surplus in my team, so I don't really need another one. I think that I'm looking for more consistent mids edges. You know, someone that I can use as um, a backup for you know injuries for the run home, but while being gun scorers as well. Yeah. So AJ Brimson's not someone I'm really looking to bring into my team in particular. If you're someone who doesn't have a whole lot of winger fullbacks um, in your team for whatever reason, haven't jumped on the likes of cheap Teddy or. You know, haven't got the likes of Parpy, Latrell, Blood. There's like there's a thousand of them. So AJ Brimson could be one of those players if he strings together a few fifty plus scores um, with you know no uh, limited attack, not necessarily tries. You know, gets in the tries this game because that's something that he hasn't really this season. Um, you know, and a few of those other 
uh, attacking stat categories, then yeah, yeah, someone I would look at then, but uh, not I'm not huge on it, I don't think. Yeah, that's absolutely fair enough. Um, yeah. Burn a few people way too many times this year, so I think, yeah, fair enough to avoid. Um, yeah. Outside of that, Corey Thompson as well has also put together a... He had a couple of good games, and his average is quite high for a winger, um, but like you're saying, there's so many good premium options that um, players that, you know, are scoring... Like Thompson, I think he had a 70-odd score this year, but he's also had a couple of small um, scores. Actually, oh, looking at his stats, his lowest was 11, and that was when he got injured. So Corey Thompson also has a pretty high average, similar to um, Brian Toto with those tackle busts and meters. So maybe if he can you know, be as consistent, but I think if you're going to go for a, a fullback or a winger fullback in fantasy that isn't an actual fullback in NRL, um, it's a bit risky. Um, outside of the proven gun of Brian Toto already. So um, I'd still put Corey Thompson in probably that risky category, uh, depending on how he bounces back from his injury. But uh, outside of that, I think that's it from the Titans. Yeah, I agree. Uh, also, yeah, the, from the Titans, actually, um, Jaden Campbell and Greg Marzu out. Uh, what are you thinking about those two? How how did oh. they actually handle that? I didn't even think about um, that. <laughs> yeah, well, Marzu, if you've brought him in, I mean, he's – basement price so you probably can't really get him out that that easily um he's out for a couple of weeks with an arm injury i think uh two to three maybe um not entirely sure with him i, I don't know if you can't get rid of him then you know hold i think it's not going to kill you um the other one yeah. was Jaden campbell um Again, also very cheap. I think three fifty ish. Um, I don't know. Tom said this. He said this to me a lot. I, he probably said it on the potty as well. Wants to see, and I also want to see this. Brumo go to six. Boot Ash Taylor, Jade Campbell to fullback. I think Brumo. Um, Tom said that Brumo started his career at six. So why not keep him there? He's going to be a future six for someone like Queensland, um, and probably the Titans as well with Ash Taylor seeing, being seen at the door at the end of this year. And Jaden Campbell has looked red hot, so he's sure he deserves a spot in this team. Jaden Campbell, so I, I, I think that makes the most sense. Um, and if that's the way they're going to line up next year, why not start it now? Um, yeah. Get a few combinations going. Get AJ Brimson back in the groove of being a five eighth rather than a fullback. Um, and I think you've kind of got a good combination there. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. So, oh, and while I think that's the best option, what's to do with him offensive right now? I would hold him just in case. If so, when the Raiders win by a lot, I think that they'll make that change next. Uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So I don't know. I think he, I think he can be a hold, considering he's um, very cheap as well. Going to be hard to get him up to a decent, um, a decent option anyway. So I think that um, I'd look elsewhere for trades in your team this week. Um, I'm sure you've got bigger issues. Um, if you need someone to play, then yeah, I trade him out. Yeah, to, absolutely. You know, yeah, to actually Anyone have a starting 17. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, moving on to the Knights and Cowboys game for the last game on the Saturday night. Uh, we have big news for the Knights with Kalen Ponga being named. Hopefully he's not a late scratching this time. Uh, Dominic Young retains his spot on the wing and Kurt Mann still at centres. Outside of that, Daniel Safidi backs up from origin and starts straight in the front row with his brother Jacob Safidi as well. And no real other changes here for for the Knights. Uh, for Todd Payton's Cowboys, they are sticking to their normal 17. Um, the three Maroons in Holmes, Felt and Molo have been included in the squad. 
Yeah, fresh, fresh after yeah. two weeks off. That's nice to see from them. <laughs> so. Um, well, where do I kind of start? Not heaps of fantasy relevancy in both of these teams. I don't know. Look, I'll talk about the Knights. I guess KP, um, his proven gun this year, every year, whatever. Um, gonna be once I'd give him a couple of weeks. Um going to have a reasonably low break even and just once he actually confirms that he plays a few weeks um, uh, in a row then yeah he'll be a good option to bring in for the run home so KP yeah look I you know decide decide what you want to bring KP I think that KP would be a good option when you trade out Nico Hines that would be my move um, so yeah so whether you bring him in for round 17 after round 17 whatever I would go after round 17 because considering the Knights don't play but up to you pointed uh Point of difference option in Mitchell Pierce as well. Um, being scored around the 60s, even with Jake Clifford, there's not affecting your scoring at all. So, cheeky option. Jade Braley is a hold. Still, we touched on that last week. Still stand by it. Um, otherwise, yeah, Connor Watson's probably the big yeah. one here. And Brady Jones as well. Brady Jones was a good stockpile. I, I can't believe that they're starting Swiso Sue instead of. You know, maybe Mitch Barnett and then John Brady Jones on an edge or something along those lines. I think that that would be a much better option for them because I don't really rate Suazo Sue. But um, if actually, to be fair, I also would be surprised if Kurt Mann doesn't play. He copped an elbow injury or something like that. It was meant meant to be out for a few weeks, and Brady Jones plays centre. But do you know what Brady Jones's break even is? He's um he had it's a minus one, so yeah, he's still he's a hold. a hold. Yeah, yeah. This week. Uh, and then try, I would aim to trade him out uh, next week before the buy round. I think you should have four trades. Hopefully next week. I might be telling Porky's there, but I'm not entirely sure. No, should anyway. Right. Should have, have four trades for the. Should have four player. trades, so he can be one of them to bring in um, people to play. Connor Watson as well. I would be looking at um, getting rid of him. His break even. Do you have that as well? Because that is 59. yeah huge. So, See, that's not too bad. I thought so. Fifty nine. You can kind of play he's around that, keep especially losing cash. And oh, he's still going to lose cash, though. And he's not really someone who is going to be a gun scorer for the run home. Yeah. So that's my that's my way of thinking. I can I can see if you say he's a hold, then I I understand that one hundred percent. He has been scoring around the fifty mark based on that position. And while that was really good to start the year, you know, being at the price he was, I think it were at the we're at the, state, the stages of the year where you need people who are scoring fifty plus, not. 50 as their ceiling. The, um, yeah, I agree with that. But the reason I see him as a hold for this week is just the fact that there's so many players coming back from Origin that have been named, and it's you're not 100% to have those players this week. Like, the players are what, Daniel Saifidi? I know there is a week. There's a whole week um, between Origin and this game week, which is fair, but you never know with Origin how many players are actually going to get rested to play. Like I'm, like you said, I'm worried that Trebojevic is going to get rested. I'm also worried that um, Teddy might get rested as well, just with the Roosters, um, the way that their players have been managed and that because they've got the, the Thursday game. Like there's so many players that could get rested and you need someone that you know is going to play this week. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of people are probably carrying the likes of Walsh and Cleary and possibly even Pappenhausen as well. So that's, that's, three players there that are going to be on your emergencies. So how many players are you going to have that are actually going to start this week is the next question. Um, so there's a lot of players out that, or that could possibly be out. And Watson, I feel he might not hit 59 as a break even, but he'll definitely score this week. Like he's going to play. So 
yeah, that's the only reason I consider him a hold this week if you've got him. But if yeah, you can that, make that trade, that. like if you don't have those players, like sure, make the trade. That's fair enough. But yeah, it's it's the it's the numbers this week. You definitely want seventeen on the park. Mm. Yeah, no, I get that. Oh, um, beauty, is that it? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's probably about <laughs> it from from the Knights. I think I don't have anything more to add. Not much more fantasy relevancy from from these teams or from that one in particular. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, from the Cowboys, because it's the same team, uh, I can basically exactly. <laughs> For word for word, say what we said last time. Um, Val Holmes, Scott Drinkwater, yeah, pretty good. Um, Tamalolo is the only big question here. He's not a pickup immediately, but definitely keep an eye on him. He's another mid that, you know, if he gets the minutes in the back end of the season, could be a, a good point of difference option because I don't think he's owned um, that heavily at the moment. He's only uh, in 8% of teams. So if he, you know, picks up his minutes, picks up his scores, he could be a decent pot option. I mean, not a huge pot option, but I don't think a lot of the big, the top thousand teams have him. So uh, if you want to make a few places, you could take a risk on him. But yeah, it needs to be a bit more consistent. That's probably it from the Cowboys. I don't think there's as many other options here. Yeah, I agree. Too easy. Moving yep. on to the Sunday games, we have the Broncos taking on the Sharks. Uh, Broncos, a few changes here. Tessie New holds that fullback spot with Asako coming back in onto the wing. Um, alongside Corey Oates on the opposite wing with Xavier Coates and um, Selwyn Cobbo, that's right, out of the wing. Um, Tony Staggs rejoins this Broncos squad coming back from his injury in the centres. Brody Croft as well joins Tyson Gamble in the halves with Carmichael Hunt dropping out. With TPJ suspended, TC Rabati uh, is shifting to the second row and Flegler's starting at lock. And Asiata has been replaced on the bench by Keenan Palacia. For the Sharks, uh, that is the same squad, I believe, that they played last, oh, two weeks ago. So, yeah. Yeah, it looks good. How do we, how do we see this one? I've, I've still got a feeling Sharks probably, probably take the bickies here. Yeah, look, I'm going to talk about the Sharks here, and I think the Sharks by... Um... You know, somewhere around the 60 mark. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, look, again, probably the same people that we talk about every week. Um, Jesse, And this is a team that plays in the buy round as well, so probably going to talk about the people that I'd be targeting. Uh, Jesse Ramian for me, Sean Johnson, um, and that is about it. Um, you know, I wouldn't be touching a whole lot of these other people. Um you know, Aiden Tolman, if you want to go really risky, um, you know, getting good minutes, looking like he's going to keep scoring around the 50-ish, you know, 45 to 50, depending on how much the Sharks are winning by. If the Sharks, you know, dominate the Broncos, then he's likely to not do a whole lot of tackling. Otherwise, he's good for 50 tackles with, with maybe, you know, one miss max. But look, that's probably about it for the Sharks, really. There's no one else here that I'm even a little bit intrigued by. Yeah, um, I did have that uh, question mark over Talakai, but uh, yeah, he didn't score great. No, nah. <laughs> he looks so, bad. <laughs> yeah, he did not look as good as he he did last year when he was uh, starting it on an edge there, and ha- that's how he broke into the team with was with his form. So this this year, it's just based on injuries, which is unfortunate for him mm. uh, and a lot of fantasy owners or coaches. Uh, for the Broncos, look, uh, it's so hard to to pick the mangled corpse that is the Broncos apart. Um, the only shining light that I can see from this team is Katoni Staggs being a possible pot option. He's going to need a few rounds back from injury to see how he goes, but 
outside of Stags as an option. I really don't see anyone in this Broncos team looking like a possible pickup. There's a lot more trade-outs here than there are trade-ins. If you risked uh, Carmichael Hunt, um, <laughs> you're obviously going to get burnt. Uh, that's just the way it is with this Broncos halves. They're just in and out every second week. So uh, that's unfortunate for you. If you have Tyson Gamble, that's good. He's probably still a hold for the next couple of weeks. Um, depending on how he goes this week, he might be a sell for the round 17 buy round, but I think his break even still in the single digits. So he's a hold and making a bit of cash and looks like one of those players you'll trade out maybe round 18, 19 for um, a, a gun, hopefully upgrade him to someone a bit bigger in the halves, like a Mitch Moses or, a, or if you have enough cash, a Hughes or something like that. Um, yeah, look, it's so hard looking at this Broncos team. Uh, yeah. TC Rabadi also, if you, if you took a risk on him, which it's, he's gotten very lucky to stay in this squad just based on injuries and suspensions. Um, we predicted the TPJ suspension, um, a few weeks ago <laughs> as well, which came true. Um, but if you picked up TC Rabadi, he's made a decent amount of cash. I think he's nearly at hundred K and he'll probably keep going probably in, uh, let me check there. He's in the low digit break even. So he's going to keep making cash as well. That's it from this Broncos team. I wouldn't look at any of them for the run home outside of Payne Haas. Uh, but even then, he's been a bit up and down as well. And I think he's currently losing cash. So you could give him yeah. a few more weeks and pick him up after the buy rounds around 18, 19. Uh, but he's a decent option from this Broncos team that otherwise has been pretty um, pretty poor this season. Yeah, finally scored well last week, Payne Haas. But, you know, had a bolt, 41 tackles. Um what else was inflated? More run meters. Oh, you know what? Same run meters. Now, that's probably about it. He's just had 10 more yeah. tackles, so he bumped his score from a mid-40s to a high 50s. That's really about it. But I don't know. Less, less said about the Broncos, the better, I think. Yeah. Look, if he has a big game this week, Payne Haas, I would be inclined to pick him up around 18-19, but he, yeah, he's been a bit inconsistent uh, over the over the origin period. So um, keep an eye on him. Definitely could be a good pickup. Yeah. Beauty. Moving on to the last Sunday game, which is the Tigers taking on the Rabbitohs at Leichhardt. Uh, could be a, a rough <laughs> evening for the for the Tigers, unfortunately. Uh, for their team, uh, Adam Dewey returns from his head knock in place of Tommy Talao, who drops straight out of the squad. Alex Seifar swaps with uh, Joe O for that lock position, and uh, Tom McAley uh, earns a recall on the bench with Tom Amone uh, dropping out. Uh, Sean Bloor has also held that spot with uh, concerns on his availability, so he's still on the bench for the Tigers as well. Uh, for the Rabbitohs, Benji Marshall's back in the number 14 jersey after his uh, he dropped out of the squad last game with the birth of his child. That is... Oh, Habe Sele as well. Starts in the front row with Tavita Totola. Um, dropping out, and Liam Knight, the new name on the bench. All the Origin players as well for the Rabbitohs are backing up with, you know, Mitchell, Gagai, Cook, uh, who else? Arrow and Murray as well in that team. So, yeah, should be a should be a pretty big game for the Bunnies, I'd imagine. Uh, do you see this not being 50-0? Uh, no, that's exactly what I see the score being, <laughs> a cricket score. <laughs> um, yeah, I think from the Bunnies here, you're going to see big scores pretty well across the board. You know, Latrell, Gagai. You know, all these guys playing the buy round as well. So um, trade targets, you don't have them in, you know, Latrell and Gagai. Campbell Graham's an interesting one. Um, hasn't been up to his fantasy scoring as, you know, lucky like we're used to seeing it. Um, 
you know, once I think he scored a try last week and, you know, pumped out a 70 or something along those lines. But uh, other than that, look, Adam Reynolds uh, averaging 51 for the year. So not a bad option still. Um, the price, I think you're paying mid 600s for and being a bit inconsistent though. And Damian Cook is just sort of killing me. Not, not that I own him. Um, he's someone that I was looking at picking up, but you know, even even at state of origin level, he scored like a thirty six in that origin game of seventy minutes. So he's not overly involved, Damien. I don't know. In that last Bunnies game, he scored high 30, 38-ish, maybe thirty six um, in decent minutes, but was good for an error, good for a missed tackle. Didn't really do anything. So someone who I'm not really looking at. I don't think I'll pick up this season at all. The way he's going. But, yeah. yeah. What I oh, would sorry, say yeah. about. Cookie though is the the fact that he's he's kind of up and down. He's like your your David Feeders and your Crichtons and stuff like that. They have really big scores and then they have some low scores. But for Cookie, his big scores this year haven't exactly been uh, more often than his yeah and or overly huge compared to his low scores. He's had a lot more low to average scores than he has huge scores, which hasn't been the case in previous seasons. So uh, a bit unfortunate for him, but I can still see a. I guess, an argument for him being a hold long-term. He's still one of the top hookers uh, overall uh, for fantasy this year, but, yeah, he's probably not the top, top ones you want yeah. uh, this year, unfortunately. His, um, his floor's just been a bit low for my life. He's sort of been, you know, mid-30s since his floor, yeah. which is just not absolutely for someone that something that I'm not looking for in um, someone that I'm going to pay that much money for. So... Yeah, that's about it. Otherwise, actually, Cameron Murray um, seems to be hitting some form, um, looking really good for the Bunnies, for New South Wales, whoever he plays for, um, producing the good. So not a bad option to bring him in. Julie as well, so that's always handy. Yeah, he's lost a lost a bit of cash, and his break-even is close to 60 this week. So you could honestly – you could probably give him a week. Um, yeah. I don't – believe they play the buy around the bunnies no they do sorry they do play the buy around so he could be a, a good option to go for round 17 uh and he he's definitely probably a hold for the rest of the year i would say uh as long as he you know scores well this week and is look then he'll look like a good option going into round 17 yeah just keep in mind he'll play origin so so could make miss a week in there somewhere yeah that too plays yeah game three otherwise it's about it for the bunnies if you want to talk us through um, this Tigers team, if there's yeah. anything to talk about. I Yeah, there's really not that much to talk about here. Just going through some names. <laughs> I'm really trying to find some positives. There's a whole lot of uh, nope, nope, nope. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say there's a way too much inconsistency in this Tigers team to be... Um, Mm-hmm. for there to be anyone that I'd like in my team for the run home. Uh, Dewey was a good option if he held that 5-8 uh, spot, but since he's moved to the centres, his cash has just been plummeting, and he's still overs for a centre player. If he was, you know, around the the mid-400s to 500 range, I'd say he's a decent centre option, but that also has the caveat that the Tigers are playing, you know, half-deep yeah. football and not missing 10 to 15 tackles a game. So, um yeah, I I think it's got to be rough a rough time for them. Dewey's honestly a decent pot option as a center, but I think the the Tigers need to play a bit better for him to score well because obviously he needs more more attacking stats in that center position. 
The uh, answer is we... goal kicking to be relevant too. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Need to score some tries for that to come into play. Uh, Luke Brooks has been okay. Nothing amazing. He was pretty good uh, over Origin, but I think, you know, towards the back end of the year when everyone's, you know, fully firing, um, he's not going to be as good. Um, he is still going to do a lot of the kicking for the Tigers uh, just because, you know, I don't think Embi is going to be doing too much. He's probably going to be doing a lot more ball playing. But, yeah, Luke Brooks doing a lot of the kicking. Uh, don't see him probably as a long-term half option. There's a lot better runs out there, and I'd be aiming for a Mitch Moses or a DCE or a Jerome Hughes or someone of that um, elk than than Luke Brooks. So, yeah, probably probably no Tigers options. And if you're still holding on to Dane Laurie, he's a sell. Um, pretty pretty straightforward mm. i agree with everything you just said really like the use of the word elk there too oh yeah look at look cha- uh changing up my vo- vocabulary a little bit. Um, <laughs> making it sound really to... sophisticated <laughs> <laughs> thank you i try um anyway did you see anyone else in these these teams you would aim for nope no i said <laughs> last few weeks uh, the tigers team one to 17 are a trap yeah i mean do you have 12 still no, no, I started the year with him and he was good and, you know, he's been robbed of minutes, so I wouldn't go near him unless he's getting the uh, 60, 60 minimum minutes because he'll get a point of, uh, roughly a point of a minute and we'll straight away from 55 up Yeah, uh, if he gets okay. 60 minutes. Uh, but Madge is robbing him, so it's fine. Daylight robbery. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we see him bounce back next year. Uh, anyway, let's move on to some fan questions, which we have, yeah. uh, strangely, this week. Um, so we've got a, a rather long question from Will. Uh, got five trades left. Worried about Cleary. This week, planning on going Cheese to Tohu with Hunt moving to Hooker and Braley to Sean Johnson. Also thinking of going Josh Jackson to Care Murray and to Mogo or Colo Matungi to someone. Jesus, a lot to unpack there. Let's start with the two main trades. Uh, cheese to Tohu. Uh, cheese being uh, and uh, Braley to Sean Johnson. How do you yeah, thanks all for the question. Uh, Chiefs and Tohu, love it. Uh, haven't we haven't been huge on Brandon Smith? Um, and I suppose you could argue against. Oh, actually, you know what? It's Tohu Harris. Got to get Tohu Harris in. Needs to be in your team right. to run home. Uh, Brandon Smith. To be fair, if you can hold him the few weeks while Harry Grant's, you know, maybe hold him this week at least. Um, he's just a player playing, and he should get decent minutes. You know, if not sixty minutes at Hawker, he might even play twenty minutes at prop or something like that. Um, um, but yeah, even I don't mind that trade. Um, and Ben Hunter Hooker, yeah, good option there. Oh, look, I actually don't mind this this last option here. Um, if moving Ben Hunter Hooker and playing, um, getting Sean Johnson over Jaden Braley, I think there's more upside to that. Um, but you know, I can also see Jaden Braley being a, a long term, you know, keeper till the end of the year. So, um. Way to yeah. fence it there. Like that. Yeah, look, I, I think it can go either way. I, I like it. Um, if you want to go through with it, yeah, great. If you don't, I don't think it's the end of the world. Jaden Bradley's going to be a good option. Um, he's someone that I personally intend to keep to the end of the year unless he starts scoring around the 30s. Then, yeah, I think it's a good option, uh, Jaden Bradley. But Sean Johnson's going to be gun and plays next by around. So that's sort of my thinking there. Yeah, I like the I like the Johnson and Tohu kind of get them in as soon as possible, and that saves you a, an extra two trades next round there. You can get a couple extra plays for the buy rounds as well. Mm. I'm not a huge fan of trading out Braley. I'm one of the ones that are sitting on the hold 
side of the fence. So I think he's everyone's rushing to get rid of him too quickly. Everyone was saying he's an absolute keeper. Um, and now with the Knights at full strength, I think he's going to go back to scoring well again. But um happy that more people are jumping off him than not. Yeah. Um, if you can get Sean Johnson in and Tohu Harris in another way, I think Brendan Smith is a good trade-out option. Um, maybe not for the next couple of rounds, but I think you, you, ideally he's probably not going to be there for the run home, um, or at least scoring as well as some of the other players for the run home, and he's you know a good time to get off him now that his price has gone up and probably peaked. We've said that since uh, like round 10. Surely he doesn't score any better than this, and he's been consistent since about then. So. <laughs> but I think uh, last round he actually, I think he had a, an average round last week, and he came He got injured. He played like 50 minutes, uh, then did his calf or something at halftime yeah. maybe. Yeah, and he still bought, managed like a 50. Yeah, because they played, what, the Tigers, and Tigers, scored yeah. um, 40 points in like 40 points in 40 minutes. So, yeah. and he came off with a try and a couple of try assists, I think. So, you know... Oh, I don't know. If the Storm keep winning by a lot, then Brandon Smith's going to be in and around there. So I, I don't know. This week, I would hold Brandon Smith, sell next week. Um, I think that's Ooh. probably the go. Who are they playing? They're playing the Roosters. Uh, Doesn't matter. He's a player playing. Yeah. Uh, he's probably got a low break-even, or a, a, you know, 40s-ish break-even. So he'll probably get that. I guess that's fair. If there's other players you can trade, I think Tohu, Harris, and Sean Johnson are definite targets for the buy round, mm-hmm. and you should get them in some way. Shape or form, I know Sean Johnson's probably not as big of a scorer as Tohu Harris, but Harris is just so consistent, and Sean Johnson's so cheap that they're both very good targets for that buy round. Um, yeah, well, the other thing to consider is who's your captain option as well, because Tohu Harris is a rock-solid captain option, and if you don't have a good one, then um, Tohu Harris is someone to definitely get in now because he can be a captain for this week. Yeah, absolutely. With Nathan being out, obviously. Yeah, I rate the the cheese to Tohu option. I rate that trade. Um, if you can just do one, yep. maybe this week. It depends how keen you are on Brayley as well. If you're keen on him, keep him. If you're not so keen and you're you're thinking he's a sell, then sell him. It's it's up Look, to you in the end. I think overall, it's a thumbs up on both. Um, it, I I don't see any downside um, except to using trades. Yeah, so, no downside. It's it's a little sideways, slightly in the positive direction, but yeah, it's it's not I not perfect. I'd say. Yes. I mean, this this time of the year, it's not going to be perfect trades anyway. You're just trying to find points where you can. Uh, anyway, the other ones were thinking of going Josh Jackson to Cam Murray and Tomoko or Colomatungi to someone. So Josh Jackson to Cam Murray, I. I don't know, Josh Jackson, I'm pretty sure he's been doing quite well. I don't think he's a sell at the moment, especially if you held him. He only just came back from injury, and I think his last game was quite good. He got 50 Bye round. Yeah, but I still think he's probably a hold. Long... Yeah, keep him. Oh, wait, he's playing... sorry, he's playing round 17. Sorry, I thought you yeah. mentioned no, that because he wasn't. Um, I think, I think yeah. that's silly. I, I hate that trade. Josh Jackson's someone I'm targeting to bring in. Um, yeah for that buy around. So I wouldn't be getting rid of him, especially before the buy around. If you could bring Kamamari another way, um, then yeah, otherwise I think it's sideways, absolutely sideways with more downside in bringing in Kamamari, if I'm honest. I think he's got a lower, a lower floor than what um, Josh Jackson does. He's been con- very consistent. So I don't like that at all, the Jackson, the Kamamari. The Tomoko and Kolomatangi trade though, um, if I would hold, would you hold Kolomatangi? I think he, he hasn't really done much. He's not scoring great and Tomoko's just out. So they're probably both cells, but who would you look to offload them to? Yeah, that's a good question. I'd offload Kolomatangi. Don't, I just don't like him. Um, don't rate him as a player. I think he, he only thrives when there's, when he gets attacking stats. Um, he kind of only got that when he was running off Benji. Um, those couple of weeks, um, so yeah, don't mind that at all, Tomoko. I'm also in the Tomoko um, 
vote with you. I'm holding him this week, waiting until next week because, you know, if he gets picked in the team for whatever reason, then there's just another person playing. So that's um, that's a luxury. If he doesn't play, then, yeah, something to trade out. If you can get – he's only 350K. So, yeah, if he can get someone in, great. Um, that's yeah. sort of my thinking there. I actually rate – if you've got someone else to play in the middle and edge uh, instead of Colin Matangi, I rate um, Colin Matangi to Marshall King. Decent trade. Um, Marshall King, about the same price and should be scoring um, better than Colin Matangi is week in, week out, especially playing hooker for the Dogs as long as he gets minutes. Uh, I, oh, We also have one other question from Craig. I have Mazu, Campbell and Tomoko and have to trade one to have 17 this week. Who's the best chance of coming back into the team? Oh, God. Um, thank you, Craig, for this question as well. You've asked a hard one. <laughs> uh, look, I think uh, who has the I know the what best we're chance. hoping. Um, yeah, look, I think Marzu has the worst chance. I know this isn't your question. But I think Marzu has the worst chance, um, considering that Corey Thompson and Philip Salmi are going to keep their spots on the wing, and Kelly and uh, who's the other centre? Uh, Patrick Herbert are going to keep their spots, I think, as well. So I don't think Marzu comes back. Um, so he's the one. Uh, hang on, what's the question? What's the question again? Who's the best chance of coming back? Um, yeah, I have Marzu, Campbell, Tomoko, and have one trade to have seventeen. I'd have to trade one. I trade Marzu yeah. out. I don't would worry about Campbell and Tomoko. I think they have got probably equal chance of coming back. Probably Campbell's better than Tomoko with that potential reshuffle that Daniel and I like. Obviously, the Titans listen to our podcast and got that in the back of their mind. So um, I think Campbell's probably got the best chance. Tomoko second best. Marzu the third. So I trade out Marzu. Yeah, I've heard it playing in the sheds a few times, actually. Yeah, podcast, which is good to yep. good to know that the Titans listen to us. That's that's excellent. Um, but yeah, <laughs> completely agree with what you're talking about there, Lockie. I think um, Campbell's probably best bet to come back in the squad. Tomoko, maybe, and Mazu probably won't at this stage. Yeah, beauty covered off all the questions and all the games. Smash that um, buy hold sell. Yeah, exactly. So, who is your buy hold sell? Um, my buy. Oh God. Uh, um, look. We've said, I think someone has said that Sean Johnson's a buy the last, you know, two rounds. I'm going to just bring up the trifecta and say Sean Johnson's still a buy. Um, but absolutely, absolutely try and get him in. If you don't have, he's only a 2% of teams. The people aren't listening. Listen, just get him in. Just do it. Um, absolutely. Hold. I'm saying Jade Bradley's a hold. Um, I've also got Tomoko here as a as a hold as well, at least for this round for him. But Jaden Bradley's a long-term hold for me, so I really like that. Uh, and my sell is... Um, I don't remember who you said your cell was, but I'm going to say TPJ uh, is my cell. He's suspended for four weeks. Um, you can't afford to have that much money sitting on your bench for four weeks. Um, yeah, no, hypocritical of me. I've had Parpy since you know however long he's been out for, but you know you can't have TPJ at this stage of the comp um, out for four weeks and sitting on your bench. So yeah, I'd be selling him. Yeah, absolutely. You're correct. Uh, my buy, uh, I completely agree with you, Sean Johnson one. I don't understand why people... He's got no risk anymore either, the Sean Johnson buy, because Chad Townsend's moved on, so there's no one else taking his his spot or coming back in to take his kick meters, mm. so he's an easy buy um, for the run home. My buy is actually Jeremy Marshall King. I still think he's going to get good minutes for the Dogs. His last two scores have been in the 60s. Even with a try, he's still scoring um, base stats around the... I think the lowest was 48, so he he'll... Base stats will be around 50, and then any meters or anything he gains on top of that will be a bonus. 
Uh, my hold, you went two, so I'm going to go two. Cleary is obviously a hold until we have more information on what's happening to him, if he's going to go for surgery or not. He's just a hold until then. I wouldn't waste a trade getting him out, especially when they're a luxury at this point of the time. Uh, I was going to say this point in the season or at this point in time. Um, and my second one would be Jaden Campbell. I got a sneaking suspicion that the Titans, if they have a couple of poor performances they're going to look to change things up and this week against the Raiders will be crucial for them they need to get this win to you know hopefully get um, back on track to getting in the eight by the end of the season so if they have a rough game this week could easily see him coming in and Brimo moving to to six so um, definitely hold him and my cell was going to be TPJ as well and I still echo your sentiment get rid of him yeah um, but also I can see the argument to sell Connor Watson as well if you've got him in your team, I can see why you'd want to kind of get a bit more points out of the price that he's at. He's just under 600k, and you could probably trade him and someone else to get a, a decent upgrade uh, in your squad. So yeah, he's probably a sell as well. The other player I did I did have as a sell was Josh Curran. Um, he's out for two weeks. The only upside I had for bringing him into your team was for the buy round um, with the yep. Warriors playing. Um, I think that he's not scoring well enough to be bringing him in uh, and for the run home. Um, you know, priced it high 500s, I think. So I'd be looking elsewhere. And, you know, if you can look for those some of those players who are around the, the low 600s, much better quality. Yeah. Um, and I like a lot better. Also, chuck in another cell, Dane Laurie. Still in 2018. Oh, yes. What's going on? Oh, come on. Do people play this game? <laughs> uh, you know what? Hold on to him. It's fine. It, does, it works out better for me. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, love your work, Lockie, and we'll see you next week. Uh, oh, Thank actually, you. on the weekends. We'll see you for the review. Yeah, thanks, mate. Came for some footy. Oh, absolutely. Been, been too long. <laughs> thanks, mate. Lovely. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. Look out for our round 16 review coming Sunday.